All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. This will be a uh, special Nolcast, I guess, and that we are doing a positional spring preview. We're going to start our series uh, on the defensive side of the ball. We'll go from uh, the ends, tackles, along the line, linebacker, and then finally look at the defensive backs. So, um, you know, some interesting work to be done. Uh, when it comes to this unit, uh, some, when you look at what some of the projections are, uh, have Florida State's defense potentially being, you know, one of the best 20 units in the country next year. Uh, it will be interesting to see if the talent is there that to actually be shaped and molded in a manner to have that good of a unit. Uh, certainly a, a defense that's going to lose some nice pieces on it, um, and spring will give us a pretty good indicator as to what type of replacement pieces Florida State has on the roster currently and kind of where they are and if they're up to speed to step into some of the larger shoes that I referenced earlier uh, being vacated. So, uh, Bud, this is uh, this will be pretty fun as I'm still pretty optimistic as to what the defense looks like uh, next year. And uh, spring will hopefully give us a pretty good idea as to, uh, you know, where the streets and weaknesses are and maybe some of the question marks that we have currently, uh, if they can be answered during the process of spring. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting spring for this defense because for the first time in a while, I feel like not only should it be better than the offense, but it will absolutely be counted on to be better than the offense. Uh, No Power 5 defense rates higher in the returning production metric that Bill Connolly puts out every spring uh, than Florida State's defense. And they were 37th in SP plus last year defensively. They're projected 14th in the nation this year defensively. That is uh, a very aggressive projection. I know I talked about uh, in our uh, video we did on why Vegas power ratings love the Knowles. Not really sure I can fully get with that, but uh, I do expect some improvement defensively. I think just being in the third year of Adam Fuller's system, we will see how new co defensive coordinator Randy Shannon mixes in. To that system, but let's go ahead and start where all good defenses seem to start, and that is up front with those defensive line questions. Probably go eight to ten minutes on this. I, I would think uh, we will cut all these into individual videos as well on YouTube if you want to watch those separately, or you can watch the uh, the long one and we'll put chapters on it as well. Uh, so just let's just go with the questions. If we want to try to answer them, if, if we disagree on if it's even a question or not, let's just have fun with this thing. Um, Here's a question for you. How much pass rush and edge setting can FSU get from Jared Verse and Derek McClendon and Quayshon Fuller? And I'll throw this in there, Dennis Briggs. Yeah. Um, I think Verse is a great pickup. I think Burst is gonna or Verse is gonna make like big explosive plays and then maybe suffer to give you some consistency that you've otherwise had the position. Now I'm not comparing him to Johnson. I've said for a long time that if you make comparisons of anybody uh, to Jermaine, you're probably going to be disappointed. Uh, but I do think that first is a, is a great get. I'm not, uh, I'm not belittling that at all. Uh, but I think he's a guy who's going to create a strip sack for you one moment. And then, you know, probably be pretty well handled blocked on the next. I think the, the moments from him are going to be big, explosive, notable. I don't know that he'll bring the consistency uh, to the position. And I only bring that up because, Everybody knows that, you know, Jermaine turned uh, Miami's tackle into a spin cycle and the game that he had against Notre Dame and uh, the play against Clemson is one of the more impressive things that you've seen. 
but the consistency that that guy gave you and his ability to set the edge and run, I don't know that it's as appreciated by the fan base uh, as it should be. And that's going to be a really, really tough part of his game to replace other than just the obvious kind of jaw-dropping shock plays that he gave you from time to time throughout the course of the season. Yeah, what 100%. Um, he, he didn't allow a lot of negative plays. You know what I mean? Even when he wasn't getting there, he wasn't like sacrificing his discipline and getting out of position too often. That 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 could be tough to uh, tough to replace. Now I, I threw in Dennis Briggs there because I, I am curious how much three man front will FSU play this fall? How much will the pass rush drop off without Jermaine Thomas and or excuse me without Jermaine Johnson and without Kier Thomas? Can you afford to play Dennis Briggs more at that end spot? Whether that's as a five tech six tech or seven tech to me, those, those are really important, important questions for the success of this defense. And maybe we will start to see those guys uh, answer some of those questions this spring. Um, Bold prediction, bud. Yeah. Dennis Briggs is the best defensive end you have on this roster. Ooh, that is bold. Yeah. I kind of like it though. I, I, I can see that. And I think we'll have, uh, again, I don't think he makes the splash plays. Maybe maybe it's a good combination, pairing him and Verse together. I think he'll do really well uh, in some aspects of the, the run game that we talked about, but also really good athlete, uh, obviously had the injury last year. I think he recovers. I think he shapes his body uh, slightly, and I think uh, by the time you come to Duquesne uh, and LSU that he may be, uh, may be the best defensive end that you have on the roster. Thinking back on his career, right? Highly touted that of Kasemi Osceola. Um, he didn't play part of the 2020 season due to COVID, right? Not him having COVID, but like legitimate. When we didn't know as much about COVID, he he, he decided to kind of opt out for part of the season uh, and then ended up playing a little bit of that season, if I recall. Then last year, he gets that chop block early on in the year. Recovery's kind of slow, comes back and gives him some positive minutes down the stretch or positive snaps, not, not minutes. We're not in basketball anymore. Thank God. Uh, that, 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 that team, speaking of injuries and just uh, uh, poor, poor so basketball that, team. Ever, ever since we talked about what a great year, a great run they had, not a great year, but it's uh, only gone in the wrong direction, but this is the defensive preview and we'll, we'll stick with it. How, uh, if we, if, if one of the young guys on the defensive line for this team at defensive end is able to step up, Will we see that those signs in spring? Will we see one of those guys start to emerge, whether that is Wilson or Peyton or, or, or one of those dudes that you got in that 2021 signing class? Or are they more of a 2023 year impact? You know, that, that sort of redshirt sophomore impact. Even, even if they are only a 2023 impact, normally – Normally, you can start to get the feel in spring for if guys are going to make an impact. It may still be a ways away, but you still you start to see flashes. You start to see signs that hey, this guy's picking it up. Uh, it may be a little while until he's you know fully operational, but the you know the surface is kind of being scratched there, and development is taking place. So I think we'll get a pretty good feel um, as to where these guys are, and ultimately, again, we're not going to make too much out of one spring and. Uh, but I do think that for some of these, you know, younger kind of stringier, leaner defensive ends, that if the development cycle is going to take place uh, for them to be there, that you, you at least start to see flashes of it during spring. And 
Um, you realize that the guys may still need another 14, 16 months and in the weight room and on the way protein and everything else, wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, but you start to see that there's a ball player there and a guy that contribute along the line of scrimmage for you. I, I, I can agree with that. Um, here's a question for you. Lundy and Gaynor. How much do they end up playing maybe at that Fox role, sort of that, you know, stand up hybrid role, you know, not, not a true off ball backer spot, little rush, little cover, you know, wide side of the field type role. All right. I know that there's always been an interest in people in trying to get Gaynor to catch on at Fox. And I certainly understand it. I've never seen it. And I've never, I'm not knocking the kid here, but I've never seen the kid really be in love with the idea of playing that close to the ball. Most of the time when Gaynor makes splash plays, he's distanced from the ball. He has a chance to read the play, react to it. And, um, you know, maybe the immediate football instincts aren't there. And I'm not knocking the kid, just reflective of what I've seen from his game. Uh, I do think that Lundy has a decent chance. I mean, it's certainly the body types there, uh, fluid enough for that position. Certainly if you could ask him to do some of the things that you did uh, at linebacker, I think that's an ideal fit that hopefully he kind of grows into and is able to play. I like him hard worker, uh, but absent a total reshaping of his body and flexibility in his hips that I haven't otherwise seen, you know, there's, there's only so many snaps that you can give that guy at linebacker and not be totally concerned with what you're otherwise giving up. Uh, so I would love to see him catch on at Fox. And um, yeah, I realize Fox is a type of linebacker and I'm talking more in a traditional sense there. Um, I would love to see him catch on, play a little closer to the line of scrimmage and be somebody that can give you a little bit of flexibility in what you ask him and, and give you some pass rush as well. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, how about inside? So I feel really, really good about a trio. That's not, that's not even a question, right? Cooper, Lovett, and Briggs. But let me ask you this. If you want to play Briggs more on the outside, do you have to have some uh, – like which young guy is going to step up on the inside to give you, I don't know, let's say 300. I don't want to give away all my strategy for the – uh, you know, for, for the snap count auction here that we'll do come fall, how many got like who has to step up on the inside? And do you think we'll see it this spring in order to allow Briggs to play more outside? Uh, I do. I'm pretty optimistic here. Obviously, the first two guys are, are maybe as comfortable at any position group that you have on this roster uh, of starters. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting my over my skis here as a cliche I'm fond of using. But, man, I think. Ray comma Malcolm is uh, really had a solid year for you last year. And uh, a guy that is on the verge of really emerging as kind of that third defensive tackle uh, and a guy that will hopefully give you the flexibility to play. Jarrett Jackson is always somebody that we said we thought would be boom or bust. Um, I'll give, I'll give the cat that I will give the staff credit and that they've done a pretty good job of managing that kid and developing him. And we're, you know, from friends of ours uh, in sources placed within the Louisville program, know that that, at least at a time, wasn't always the easiest thing to do. So uh, I think they've done a good job with Jackson, keeping him there, uh, developing him. But I think Malcolm Ray, uh, for me, is the guy that is uh, probably the most likely to step into that third defensive tackle spot and really liked at times what you saw from Ray last year. For sure. I, I, that makes sense. Um, 
Josh Farmer is another interesting guy too, you know, who I, I thought had a lot of potential as a recruit. Um, maybe he's able to give you some good minutes or snaps off the bench. You know, Shambray Jackson is another guy who was highly rated by some services, a little bit less highly by, by, by some, um, you know, I thought it had some potential. Um, how far off is he? Like, is he a guy that is going to show this spring that he can give you valuable snaps come the fall, or is he more of a 2023 type guy? Uh, I, in general, I am very concerned about this position in the coming years and less so about it this year. But I think you, you're almost certain, certainly going to lose Levitt and Cooper following the year. Uh, and so I would like to see this spring. Um, maybe you see some positive signs. Make me feel a little better <laughs> about this position, right? Um, and then finally, the last one for the defensive line. At this point, I expect that FSU will try to add another body for the edge, meaning more of a, a pass rusher type, not not a not a five tech, you know, six tech type. Uh, will I still feel that way at the end of spring? Do you feel that way now? I do think spring will give us a little bit of an idea as to where they feel they are with this position. But I, I do think that this is one of the areas that gets added to in the portal. Uh, if they can grab somebody that they feel, you know, confident slash comfortable with a um, little bit of a hole here for an immediate player, a guy that could be a little bit of a bridge and a guy that you can, you know, like you referenced there, absolutely talk about, uh, you know, not guaranteed starter minutes next year, but pretty close to it. If he comes in, it's a good fit can move immediately into a defense that's going to have opportunities galore uh, next year. And, um, yeah, I think Florida State will look to add a piece that fits that kind of general description uh, after spring. All right, man. Uh, let's go ahead and move to the next position group, which is the linebacker group. Um, all right. my let, let me ask you this. Are the Lochin – Tatum Bethune, the transfer from UCF, are, are they like penciled in? Are they inked in starters? Is that an actual competition between Bethune and Lundy? How much do you give? How much of a chance do you give Lundy to continue to start? It's very interesting. I it, look. I, I think Kalen Deloach is a is a nailed on starter, and we can acknowledge that. Great development last year. Good player. Good kid. You know, you, you like what you have there. Um, it certainly feels to me, uh, Bud, that Bethune was brought in with the intention of making him a starter and taking a significant amount of snaps immediately. And that's kind of, you know, what you want from a kid who has a resume like that and probably what you tell a kid who has a resume like that when you're out in the portal and trying to get him. So I do think that these are guys one and two for you. Uh, Gainer is a, is a really interesting piece to me and not to – you know, recircle what we talked about the Fox position, but that's a guy that's a really fluid athlete. You know, one of the more uh, from a pure athletic standpoint, one of the more athletic pieces that you have on this roster, you've got to try to find a place for him and you got to try to figure out where you can use him. If he's not, you know, a guy that's consuming a significant amount of snaps being that your, you know, your base package is probably going to be a two linebacker set. And in our opinion, you know, at least as of now, Bethune and Deloach are going to consume a, a good percentage of those snaps. Uh, Gainer's a great piece in some situations and otherwise is not. And you got to try to find the areas where you can use them and, you know, 
utilize him in as good a place as possible and use some of those athletic traits that he has. Uh, I'm blown away by how many snaps Lundy got. I mean, of the guys that went over off what we said and by the amount they went over, uh, Lundy just stands out yeah. to me. Uh, just amazing how many snaps he ended up getting. I don't think that'll happen again this year, but certainly a, a guy that they felt comfortable and a guy who – and this is no great football achievement, but a guy who basically made Steven Dix a, a non-entity when it came to this position group last year. Um, so obviously he submitted his place to be a little bit more challenging to make a, you know, make a statement like that when it comes to playing time this year. Uh, but you've got four pretty solid names here that you can, you know, work in and, and uh, shuffle through with a decent amount of confidence. Yeah. that That's actually a pretty good way to put that. I mean, it's not quite as, Interesting as like asking pointed questions about these guys, but if if Lundy, there's a situation, there's a situation in the word where Lundy is your fourth, or Bethune's your fourth, or Gainer is your fourth, and I, I feel like you are feeling better about the linebacker position than you have in some years, right? Uh, now you better be, because the back seven is likely going to need to carry this defense, in my opinion. Entering spring, maybe my opinion will change, maybe yours will change, following what we learn in spring. Uh, here's one for you. When we talk about Adam Fuller and his defenses at Marshall and his defenses at Memphis, um, they blitzed a lot, you know, and they were very aggressive. Last year, this defense blitzed less than almost any defense in the country for good reason. They didn't really have to blitz. They had a pretty good pass rush, and if you can get home with four or you can cover with seven, that's a that's good math. Kind of a math guy, and I, I, I like that. Uh, this year, we just talked about defensive line. If you're watching this as a solo video, go back and watch the prior video. Um, how much do you have to you have to blitz this year to get home? And who do you think will be the best blitzers? It's a good question. It's certainly a piece of the defense that your you know your coordinator wants to utilize. If you look at what he's done historically. Um, you know, speaking from a more broader perspective as to what you just talked about that, um, I feel incredibly confident about the interior spine of the defense, the tackles and the linebackers. Um, I, I think your your tackles are good enough that you hope they can kind of be your strength and your ends can come on. Um, and I'm maybe a little bit more questionable about the back four than you are, but this is more kind of the linebacker part of the preview, and I'll keep it here. Um Gainer's great playing in space, and I think if you can get him timed up right and get him, uh, you know, kind of uh, feeling it, it's a horrible description, but just get a better football sense for how he times his blitzes, how he reads and reacts to blitzes. I think Gainer has the ability to be uh, the guy that you kind of design some exotics up for. Hope comes free, and with the with the re, you know the realization that if the quarterback is flushed. Uh, you've still got a super athlete out there in pursuit and a guy that'll be able to track down most of the uh, the ACC quarterbacks that you encounter. Um, so as far as a blitz piece, uh, I would it wouldn't surprise me for them to be very specific with what they try to use and how they try to use Gainer and if uh, the blitz package is in a, a decent portion of how they see the him being used best in their defense. You know, it's... Uh... What you're describing there is almost like a poor man's Matthew Thomas, right? Somebody who was never actually great in coverage, somebody who, uh, you know, at the point of attack, 
in like the short area point of attack was was not all that great, but as a a run and hit linebacker was actually pretty good if he didn't have to change direction. Uh, and as far as a chase player, you know, a guy who could chase the play and hit it or who could blitz was very effective. So maybe there is a role for that type of skill set on this year's defense and, and a way to feature that in a way that uh, perhaps you didn't need to quite as much last year. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, final questions here for me, at least, and hit me if you have some more. Uh, Gant and Jadarius Green McKnight have both moved to linebacker. Do you expect that we will see this spring that any of these guys are factoring in, or is this more of a mm, how much do you guys really want to be here type move? Yeah, Green McKnight, uh, just a big you know question mark there, and hopefully he's a guy that can develop at linebacker. I'm very skeptical uh, as to his long term prospectus, but you know we'll see. Gant, we discussed in the the previous episode that we put out. I, I think Gant has some nice natural talents when it comes to kind of reading the geography of uh, geography, the geometry of football, and responding with pursuit angles. I always liked what he offered you out of the secondary when it when it came to that. Um, I think him, you know, moving to linebackers as much as trying to you know get him out of the defensive backs room and and kind of have individuals hopefully you have a little bit more isolation and a little bit more concentration uh, on what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, I'm not going to fully write Gan off, but at this point, you know, it doesn't appear as though his time in Tallahassee is on a trajectory where he's going to be any kind of significant contributor, regardless of, uh, you know, what p- position group he's associated with. Yeah. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll turn it around. I liked him as a recruit quite a bit, actually, but uh You've got to have that dedication, and we'll see We'll see how he develops that. All right, let's go ahead and get in here to the defensive back questions. Uh, defensive back, I will probably change the banner. Uh, there we go. Talk a little secondary. Uh, this is your biggest position group. It is an extremely experienced position group, and it is a position group that a lot of your projection algorithms and metrics are uh, projecting to be very, very good this year. And all right. First question I want to know come out of spring. Jarvis Brownlee, Kevin Knowles, or Marion Cooper. Is there anybody who is seriously in the mix to start at corner other than those three guys? I don't think this is going to happen, which is a very weak way of responding to a question. Uh, I actually think Demore Tate is, if somebody comes out of left field, uh, I think Tate is the guy that does it. Uh, I would... Lord knows there's uh there's no absent of want to see Travis J succeed in my heart. Uh, I would love to love to see it happen for that kid. And I was as optimistic about him going into last year as, as anybody could be. And it just didn't come together. Uh, at this point, I'm going to have to see it uh, from Travis on the field to believe it. Uh, but if somebody emerges, that's not in that group. I don't think it'll be Jones. Um, if he's still around, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be Jay. Uh, I think the old, Mega recruit, uh, Damari Tate, uh, if any of those guys are going to kind of come good, uh, has the more likelihood of doing it. I, I, I mean, look, if you want to bet long shots, you want to bet ones that can actually cash, right, that have the physical ability to do it. He's had so many injuries in Tallahassee, but if he could get right physically, I, I could see, you know, maybe he challenges for that. I don't have super high hopes for Jerry and Jones, but that is a question of mine, like, 
is he still in the mix or is he just still around? That's kind of the, the way I, I wrote that on, on my sheet. I think we'll find that out come this spring. Uh, he had he had a rather poor year last year. UNC catch aside, uh, it was disappointing for Jones. And, and you know, not to pick on a kid, but kind of has been uh, since he stepped in. So from one transfer that hasn't necessarily hit, um, Greedy Vance, but I, I was very interested. Uh, and I'm not trying to throw shots uh, at other media outlets, but I, I was, there was such a wide response to Vance's uh, declaration of leaving Louisville for Florida State as far as positivity, skepticism uh, from the broader media that it was interesting to me. I There's some tape on Vance that's that's pretty nasty, and I, I don't mean that in the fond kind of cool term. Right. Like, uh, like don't it's open your mouth nasty. Concerning nasty. Um, I'm a little skeptical on this. We'll have to see how it works. Uh, I know, you know, obviously he's a talented kid out of a um, – out of a great high school there in New Orleans and one that Florida State hopes to continue to get prospects from. Uh, but I, you know, we'll have to see if this, how this works out. I certainly don't think this is any kind of, uh, you know, instant uh, success. And, you know, we'll just have to see what it looks like for Vance. I don't, you know, despite the number of snaps he took last year, I don't know that this is somebody that immediately comes in and starts consuming playing time. And if he does, uh, I've got some, I've got some concerns about it. Yeah, I mean, look, there is some chance that they hit on him immediately. There's some chance that he is depth. And uh, if he's depth, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. If they were able to use that as a way to sort of uh, change up their roster composition some, this is probably the one position group, not corner specifically, but just the DBs, uh, that still needs a good amount of culture work uh, after two years of Mike Norvell's tenure. And, and maybe good amount is is not an appropriate thing to say. Uh, that still needs some culture work to where maybe the habits are still a bit of a concern, not necessarily the talent level quite as much. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what they get out of him. Travis J. we already mentioned. I mean, there's I think there's so many things outside of his control personally uh, that 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 affect his day to day life, which which sucks. So. Uh, I just I'm rooting for him to, to get that together, you know, and, and just be able to have a, a couple months in a row of just consistency uh, and then just a, a normalcy in his life. Um, safety. Probably need to talk about safety a little bit here before we get out of here. In the mix. Who is legitimately in the mix to start here, in your opinion? Uh, I think Dent certainly is. I mean, Dent is very... <laughs> very hit or miss you'll there'll be a play where you're like yep that's that that five-star recruit that we've all been excited about and then there'll be a play where you're like you know i don't know if dent was particularly interested in what was going on there uh so you certainly need a, a little bit more consistency from him obviously um you know jamie robinson and the effort that you put in to retain him and keep him in tallahassee bring him back that guy's going to be a you know, probably one of the first names off the board when Bud and I do our snap count draft in a couple months. Uh, that's probably one of the safer bets. Not to, uh, you know, spoil a conversation that we're going to have on a kid in a couple of minutes, but you want another bold prediction, Bud? I do. By game six, doesn't shock me if uh, if Azaray Thomas isn't a starter for you. I, I think this guy emerges very, very quickly uh, and becomes a player. 
faster than most people think. Okay. I, I, I can get with that. Um, I think he's the best kid you've signed in three years. I mean, upside is off the charts, you know, will he be ready to, to contribute at a high level immediately? Like we will learn that this spring. If he, if he's ready to contribute this fall, we'll probably see enough flashes of it this spring. So that'll be fun. I'm excited to watch these guys. Now, now, how much do you get out of like a Sidney Williams if he can stay healthy? How much do you get out of Jer- you know Jarquez McClellan? How much do you get out of Cheyenne Brown? Cheyenne Brown's a guy we heard a lot about in camp and in a couple of the early games, and then just kind of you know didn't do much down the stretch. Mm-hmm. What do you get out of Hunter Washington? Right? Is he a guy that's going to be a hit for you, or is he more of a program depth piece, or or is it too early to tell? Maybe we will start to learn more about that this spring, uh, and then. You know, Renardo Green, uh, I don't have a very high opinion of Renardo Green. Um, maybe some on this staff do. Maybe you do. I, I are, are you, who knows? I, I, I think we'll see. I guess we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, Green, I, <clears throat> man, my opinion of Renardo Green has gone, has been all over the map during his, during the last two years. I, I thought you really missed him when he went out with injury uh, a year ago. And at the same time, last year was more or less kind of a non-factor. Um, he would be a guy that it wouldn't shock me if he didn't decide to leave. Uh, and, and like you said, there may be a pretty decent variance in his uh, of the opinion of Green internally. But when you're a guy that was starting two years ago and then you're a guy that may be third on the death chart, that's, that's kind of a, you know, again, if you want to do more than just have fun in Tallahassee, uh, as far as your college football career, that's kind of the writing on the wall that you may need to go somewhere else to do it. Uh, Shaheen Brown's fascinating, man. I mean, the guys that are not prone to hyperbole were legitimately, you know, whispering in our ear last year early on that they thought they may have a guy that's drafted in the second or third round on their hands. I mean, they they yeah they really thought highly of this kid. And you're right, got a decent amount of snaps in the first couple of games, and then you started to see that that you know snap count. Um, go nothing but in kind of a downward manner. So uh, maybe that's injury. Maybe that's just a freshman kind of hitting a, a freshman wall, a, a phrase that's more, you know, more in basketball than football. But, you know, you do have guys who just kind of their development stops at some point in time during their freshman year. And doesn't mean that they're not going to ultimately be a player, but some of the raw athleticism that was displayed in spring last year and are displayed in fall camp last year that had these coaches so excited about Brown, um, I think is still there and uh, hopefully a guy that sees a pretty big jump and we can, you know, feel fairly confident about what he is and what his trajectory is within the program after spring. I I think you've got to have a, you know, one of these names in kind of this secondary group has got to hit. And in my opinion, Brown's probably the most likely to be it. Yeah. I, I, I think that is, I think that is pretty fair. Hey man, 31 minutes on the nose. Let's, should we talk uh, about Sam McCall real quickly? Only because oh, that, was, well, that, yes, that was one yeah, of your. We, I think we your, should go thirty-two minutes if, if we <laughs> if we, we neglect Sam McCall for sure. Your your big time uh, recruits that you were able to hold on to last year. Uh, this is really interesting to me, Bud. I, I think Sam McCall's a kid that you kind of got to get engaged and keep active in the mind uh, to develop. I also yeah. don't. I'm not sure where these snaps are going to come from. I, he may be a guy that you really. Um, carve out some some packages when it comes from special teams. I don't just mean, you know, returning. Uh, you maybe is a guy who 
you try to feature in, in punt block or something like that or kick block. I think you've got to get him involved, engaged, and for him to see yes. a path of contribution in the program. And maybe and it's early not, on. yeah. And maybe it's not in these situations that I just laid out. That's purely hypothetical, but they're going to have to come from somewhere. And I'll be fascinated to see what they try to do. A ton of talent, but a guy that I don't think you can just have sitting there whiteboarding it during his career. I think you've got to get him on the field in some manner and let him see uh, what else he has to work for to, to get more regular snaps. Do, uh, what do you think about him at corner? Like to work him in. I'd love to see what he looks like. And so I, I want to see a little bit more of what he I've looks like. Do some in seven on that. That's, that's why I ask what his hips look like. You'd be a better, you know, your opinion here would be better than I, but I'm, this is, this is one guy I'm, I'm real excited to see what it looks like. And, you know, what his path to playing time looks like. All right, man. Um, we will reconvene for the offensive preview on Monday or Tuesday. Awesome. Big thanks to all our sponsors. We just did this kind of instant reaction style as far as we didn't hit you with ad reads. Uh, you guys know who makes the podcast possible. Any support you can give them is always greatly appreciated. If you can give us tarpon a good sellers, uh, tarpon sellers, hot sauce, 844 FSU loan, legendary team, and of course, congruity. And the uh, vote at sportspodcastawards.com is always appreciated for your old friends at the Nolcast. But for now, this has been the spring defensive preview. And like Bud said, we'll be back first of next week to circle back to the offense. All right, buddy. I'll see you next time.